Live from Chicago, you're listening to Opera Box Score. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! We are stuffed with treats for tonight's show. I'm your host, George Cedarquist, and welcome to Opera Box Score. Wherever you are, however you're listening, thanks for joining us. We are the only radio show in America about opera where you get to have your say live on the air. So call us, 847-866-WNUR. That's 847-866-9687. Or if you're shy, you can leave us a message on 224-801-4BOX. Again, 224-801-4269. Tonight we're talking about what's, what we're thankful for in opera, and the topics will surprise you. And like any good Thanksgiving, there's bound to be some arguments, too. And Tobias is back from Florida and is live in studio tonight. Giovanna never left the studio since last show, so she's here too. <laughs> now, in 15 minutes, Giovanna makes us all look dumb with her opera quiz, and at 8.30, it's our infamous TKO segment where two opera singers face off in a steel cage death match. Tonight's live opera performances in America include Lehar's The Merry Widow at Lyric Opera of Chicago. Now, if you're not at the show, but you know someone who is, text them now and tell them to send us an intermission report via Twitter. We're at Opera Box Score. Here we go. We are live. No edits, no filters. Kickoff is next right after these messages. Keep it locked right here, right now. WNUR 89.3 FM, Evanston, Chicago, and Opera Box Score. Okay, Sarah, I'm dropping you at Emily's, and Josh, you're going to soccer, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, and by the way, when I pick you up, I'll be wearing my short shorts. What? No! Yep, me and my short shorts doing my daddy dance. Your friends will love it. No! Well, I might change my mind if you buckle your seatbelts. Okay, okay, we're buckling up. See, all buckled. Whatever it takes, keep them safe. Never give up until they buckle up. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Visit safercar.gov slash kidsbuckleup for more information. Well, I finally did it. I opened a 401k. What? Why? Just wait for the inheritance. We've definitely got a rich uncle somewhere. We're one call away from the winner's circle at the Derby, dinners with multiple forks, a vacation home in the country, using summer as a verb. You don't actually think that, do you? When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. This is why you work so hard to pay the mortgage. Because home is more than four walls and a roof. It's that porch swing and a summer evening. It's everybody over for Sunday dinner and your family sleeping in their own beds at night. Making home affordable is a free government resource that can make paying the mortgage easier. Call 888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Good night, Mama. This is why. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Opera class, sports radio crass. This is Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. Chalk Talk on Opera Box Score. 
Welcome, everybody, to another Monday night. Man, I can't believe it snowed before Thanksgiving. That's just so upset. Wait, what? It snows every year before Thanksgiving. That's not true. Why is everyone every winter is like, oh my gosh, I can't believe winter's here. It comes every year, guys. It, this obviously winter comes every year, Giovanna. <laughs> I just want you guys to know that a week ago today, I was standing in the ocean. Okay. And it was 85 degrees. And we're done. And I didn't have a shirt on. Okay, Toby. There was mm. sand. We are now going to turn off your microphone. And he's oh, gone. That was quick. Tobias Wright, you are back in studio live. Yes, sir. It's so great to have you back. It's great to be back. I kind of missed you guys, kind of. He missed me the most. I did. Uh, well, I, I missed you, too. I'm surprised <laughs> that I'm saying this. <laughs> well, thank you for uh, having me back um, and not firing me. It, I, it didn't even cross my mind. Cross In mine. fact, quite the opposite. We've actually expanded our team. Oliver Camacho, who is our creative consultant, he was our guest two weeks ago. Man, that guy really climbs the ladder fast, doesn't he? He sure does. I mean, he was a guest on the show two weeks ago. I'm and now he Mexican, has a, so we work fast. That's, <laughs> thank you. And now he has his own mic. <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's scary. It, it's, Oliver Camacho has his own mic. I know. We're all going the to refugees, die. you know. It's good for you. Uh, well, hey, look, as I said in the intro, Thanksgiving is just around the corner. Tonight we're talking about what we're thankful for in opera. And, um, well, Tobias, you've been missing for so long. We're going we're gonna to let you kick it off. Well, all right. So I think in general we're all thankful that we get to be a part of this art form. Um, and it's many, I say it's an art form. There are many different forms of this art form, which I think uh, we all know being part of different projects that we've worked together on here in Chicago and elsewhere. Um, what I am thankful for, though, as a young, quote-unquote, professional singer, um, now that I'm no longer pursuing an education from a school, something that I've become, that I've, I fall in love with repeatedly um, are the digital platforms in which opera is available to us. Um, specifically, I think my favorite digital platform is... YouTube. I don't know if you guys YouTube. Absolutely. For your classical music. Uh, well, the great thing fix. about sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. The great thing about YouTube is that you can look up a specific singer. You know, on Spotify, sometimes you just have to type in the piece, and then you might get some bottom of the water singer from middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. But YouTube, you can be like, oh, I do want to listen to Maria Callas right now, mm -hmm. and she's just going to pop up. It takes what a second to load, and then you get to watch Maria Callas from your little computer screen right. or your TV screen, and that's incredible. And I think uh, something that, like I said, I, I don't use it as an educational tool to learn music, per right. se, but like you're saying, the performance practice. And I had this discussion with a friend uh, earlier about what I think is wonderful about YouTube uh, in particular is that you can get so many live recordings true um where you can see the performer doing something and you know if you want to and then you get into spotify where there's just a, you know a, an immense catalog of music it's not mm -hmm. always the best but you can say if i need to know what performance practice was like you know why each singer in the last century which we essentially have now you know going back right. to caruso when he blew up recording and what he did for for opera as a genre and then recording uh, mm -hmm. as a whole but you can go back and look at specific things and learn from it and so i'm so thankful that we have that all at our fingertips and i wanted to just really thank what al gore for inventing the internet but isn't it actually kind of a, a curse really youtube because like if you want to go out and, and find a recording of someone i mean there's really too many to choose from and therefore you have no way of sorting the wheat from the chaff and you don't know if you're listening to a recording 
of something which is not well sung, or the words are pronounced wrong, the articulation is, where, is wrong. But this is where your education happens. Yeah, that you should know to diref- differentiate. Dir- well, but, differentiate. You, but you have to learn. I mean, you have yeah. to develop those ears. Yeah. What's good? What's crap? Because yeah. there's a lot of crap. I agree with you, George. There is crap out there. I've put some crap out there, but I deleted <laughs> it all off YouTube. You can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so what, what are some other of these digital platforms? Because I'm a complete Luddite when it comes to this. Like, I mean, I don't even touch the social media aspect of this show. I've <laughs> handed that all over to Javana. Um, so don't I mean, tell what else? Now they're all going to know those quirky things I'm saying are me. Well, <laughs> there was like three people okay, that they could guess it. from. I mean, what else am I supposed to pay attention to here uh, on these so-called well, I, digital what about platforms? Noxos? Noxos is my boo. I love Noxos. Tell me about Noxos. Do you have well, a subscription to Noxos? Uh, so what if I do? <laughs> um, Noxos is a Hello. subscription, and it's very exclusive, George, and it's expensive, and a lot of schools get their subscription, but every single recording on Noxos is like verified and just a really good caliber uh it's usually a very classical say you know you'll never find the like someone's random recital on noxos it's it's you with your subscription i think you're part you're partially paying for the rights to have these recordings and i now this is something i actually am into because noxos doesn't just do the audio recordings but they have uh video recordings as well they have this huge archive of I'm going to guess 223 productions uh, <laughs> on video. And That's an oddly specific number that you came it, up with. It's kind of a ballpark figure. Uh, <laughs> that, um, I mean, as a director, like, it's it's really great because I get to watch other people's work. I mean, again, right. 95% of that I'm not going to watch because it's not my bag. It's not my aesthetic. But there's that 5% when it's like, yeah, I really want to see that. German director mm-hmm. or that French director do that show and then That's with really Naxos cool. I mm-hmm. it's true I can get to it so I will grant you that Tobias right what about do you know about Spotify George I, I yes I, I don't live in a complete well I, you know. do you know what the internet is George <laughs> the intraweb interweb? so there's Spotify no you know and I think Spotify is one of those other things for people who aren't who will never our listeners who are never going to go on Naxos um, or have the ability to do that but Spotify is another great way to not necessarily find the best recordings, but to find the music. It's available. And I think that's one of the cool things, just having it available. You know, as someone who grew up, I didn't grow up around classical music or specifically opera. Um, but to know that once I got into the art form, I could, as much as I want, I could, it's at my fingertips. And so I am, I'm very thankful for that. How do you feel about the fact that Spotify doesn't pay their artists very much? I mean, not just to play devil's advocate. No. Exactly. You're saying that music should be free. Did I say that? It, that is what you're implying by, I, by, through Spotify. No, I, I merely said that I am thankful that I have it available to me. And, you know, <laughs> can, the one thing add, about Spotify... Go ahead. Can I add one thing that I hate about Spotify? Um, go ahead, Which Oliver. I generally love, um, is that if you are listening to a whole opera, the way they're listed, the way the tracks are listed oh my on gosh, Spotify... Oh, my gosh, it's the worst! You have to wait until it scrolls to the right scene you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And somebody needs to go into Spotify and, like, totally clean up you know, how things are listed so that we Absolutely. can access specific, you know, segments, you know, more quickly. Yeah. If anyone from Spotify is listening, please fix that. <laughs> it is the most annoying thing in the world. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah, that's an exaggeration. I guess I'm, I'm still... But anyway, George, to your point. Yeah. I was hoping you'd say that. Um, so, <laughs> no, <laughs> I really wasn't. But I did look this up. And one of the things, so per play, and this is sad, but okay, so classical music makes up 3.2% of the market share 
um, of what listeners are listening to on Spotify. Whereas pop music, Taylor Swift, who is not on Spotify, but I still love you, Taylor Swift. But pop music makes up almost 40% of the market share of what people are listening to. Um, so pop music gets more uh, per cent given to them per plays, per, per streams, per their music. But the other thing that is a detriment to having all this music on Spotify, how many, how many recordings are there of you know Pink Floyd? of a specific thing. There's like one or two, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. how many Beethoven fifths do we have? Many. many and many, so many. that decreases it dramatically, what these, what the recording labels are getting, what the people, the artists are getting. Um, so it is a problem because we're not, you know, I believe that music shouldn't be free and that as artists we deserve to be paid for that. But I digress. I am thankful that it is available to me. Well, it was very (laughs) eloquently put. We're going to step aside for a second. Remember, if you want to give us a call, definitely chime in. The number, 847-866-WNUR. That's 847-866-9687. Tobias, thanks so much for sharing that with us, and I'm not mocking you. I am am grateful and thankful (laughs) for that. Uh, We're going to step aside and be right back. You're listening to Opera Box Score with George, Tobias, and Giovanna. Pop quiz. Oh, boy. Thanks for tuning in to WNUR and Opera Box Score. We're streaming live as well through the WNUR.org website. WNUR.org slash pop up. And speaking of pops, Pop Quiz is up right now. It's our trivia show. Mm-hmm. I would be remiss, Giovanna, if I didn't start by asking you a quiz question from my son, Ben. I 100% deserve it. I, you do deserve it. He wrote the questions a couple shows ago, and, and you, well, I'm not going to remind our listeners of how poorly you did. But it was bad. Uh, since then, he's asked me some other questions to pass on to you, and I've got time for one right now. So here we go, Giovanna. This is from Ben. The question is, what is Ben's favorite animal? Ooh. A lion. Your guess is a lion. He's probably screaming at the radio in his bedroom <laughs> right now. A giraffe. You're moving farther away, okay. actually, by a giraffe. No, it is. Uh, it's dog. A, it's a, a hippopotamus. It's a carnivore. It's a... Well, dog is a carnivore. Well, you said giraffe before oh, okay. dog. So. A di- wait, do dinosaurs count? Uh, no, okay. dinosaurs don't count. The answer is the ard wolf. Okay, I, there was no way I was going to guess that. Again, though. You failed at the pop quiz. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay, Toby. <laughs> Last time I was on this show, I won the pop quiz segment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it to you and to our listeners to look up exactly what an ard wolf is. I was gonna ask, what is that? Yeah, I mean, well, we're gonna we're gonna okay. leave it we're gonna kind of leave it I out there right too. now. Giovanna, hit us up. It's me against Tobias tonight, and um, here's what we're gonna do, Tobias, because because you're a little rusty. I'm gonna let you get the first bite of the apple on each question. I don't want that. I'm sure you do. So you get to go first, and if you get it right, I feel you like get you're a setting point. me up. We move on to the next question. If you get it wrong, I get to pick up the pieces. Okay. Here we go. I'm feeling particularly unloved and unappreciated right now, so I'm going to take some of my hints out for both oh, of you. <laughs> Which German composer, whose name starts with a B and ends with an N, <laughs> composed the sacred hymn of Thanksgiving? 
from a convalescent to a deity, also known as the Adagio from String Quartet Number no. 15. German composer. Starts with a B. I have stage fright. Ends with an N. I don't know. George, go. Prove how smart you are. Well, I, wait, it ends with an N? An N, as in Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to pass it on I to Oliver, myself. actually. Guys. Beethoven. Thank you. Jeez. Oh. Okay. George. Hey, George. Number two. George. Hey. Wasn't Beethoven Austrian? Hey, you're not going to let me answer these first because I'd pass every single one of them to you. <laughs> so don't do that. I need the competition. It'll make me step my game up. Whew. All right, okay. Beethoven. Never heard of that guy. Go on. Number two. <laughs> Charles Ives composed a symphony for Thanksgiving that describes the Pilgrim's adventure. The symphony is called the blank symphony. What is the blank? And it's, it's, it's a very common word that is associated with this time of the year. A very general word. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and guess Starbucks. No. It's, it's, I'm going to say holiday. Yeah, Toby! <laughs> Good job. Good. Number three. <laughs> Bach composed a piece for Thanksgiving called He Who Offers Thanks Praises Me. His work is called a what, which, hint, is something Bach is known for composing. It has chorus and light orchestration. <clears throat> Just think, a Bach, what usually follows that when you're thinking of voc vocalists? Choral lines. Or not choral lines, even yep. solo lines. Come on, this is dead air, Tobias. Let's go. I don't know. It's a oratorio. A, a, no, close. A, a, the other one. A, a chorale. No. A Bach chorale. No, one more. A Bach cantata. Yep, that's it. Mm, man, that was actually my first guess. <laughs> Instead, I went. <laughs> well, with you it. didn't say it, so. <sighs> Four. In which opera is there a <laughs> feast in which the children are about to be served? It's a very common story. There's a witch. No, no, don't. Shh. Well, you guys are obviously Hansel not doing a very good job. Und Gretel. Gretel. Yes. When you said the job. children were being served, I thought you meant like they were sitting at the table and someone was bringing Sorry. them the food. Served. <laughs> That's my fault. I'll take I was poor no, syntax. There, there is that the, in the dream sequence where they're, it's sometimes staged where they're actually getting served uh, because they're starving and it's um, about poverty. Oliver comes to my rescue <laughs> once again. Thank you, Oliver. I think I'm up three to nothing, though. Number five. Last Nobody cares. <laughs> last one. Toby, shut up. Which Baroque Italian composer wrote the Mass of Thanksgiving in 1631? The hint is he was one of the first well-known Baroque opera composers. What was the year? 1631. <sighs> I don't know. Baroque opera, I don't... Mm. Mm. Um... Monteverdi. Yes, good job, say, I was going to say Monteverdi, but I felt like 1631 <laughs> was too Oliver early. just licked his finger and was reaching for his mic button to pick up the pieces. He didn't think I was going to get it. You, you know got it, George. I'm very proud of you. Got it. So, I mean, actually, Tobias, I'm pretty impressed, man. I thought you were going to be a little rusty, but you really you pulled it together. Hey, you got it. I paid a lot too. of money to be this stupid. <laughs> Thanks, Giovanna, as always. So for the quiz. We need to step aside here for a second on WNUR, give you a couple public service announcements, and we're going to come right back. Giovanna's got her chalk talk. And um, I found it surprising how eloquent it was, what she had to say. Stick around. <laughs> Thank you. 
listening to Opera Box Score. Options. Call 888-995-HOPE or visit makinghomeaffordable.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Treasury, HUD, and the Ad Council. Hi, it's Flint Lockwood here in Swallow Falls. My friends and I have just discovered some amazing living foodimals, but we've also discovered an urgent matter that needs our help. According to my calculations, one in five kids in America struggles with hunger. Our latest mission is to help solve hunger by teaming up with the Feeding America Network to get food to kids facing hunger in communities across the country. Help Flint and the Feeding America Network of Food Banks get food to the people who need it in your community. Find your local Feeding America food bank at feedingamerica.org slash hunger. Together, we're feeding... America. A message from Feeding America and the Advocate. My name is Dale Pazinski, and this is how I live United. I volunteer with United Way, helping the homeless in my community by teaching computer skills and helping them build a basic resume to save on their very own USB drive. It's huge when somebody says, hey man, that job that you helped me apply for, I got it. My name is Dale Pazinski. I help people achieve financial independence. So I don't just wear the shirt, I live it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Shock Talk on Opera Box Score with George Cedarquist, Tobias Wright, and Giovanna Jacques. Welcome back to Opera Box Score. We're live on WNUR 89.3 FM, Evanston, Chicago. We're streaming live at WNUR.org slash pop-up. You can call us, 847-866-WNUR. That's 847-866-9687. And if you're super shy, leave us a message, 224-801-4-BOX. It's 224 224- Eight zero one four two six nine. We are so thankful to be together. We're thankful that Tobias is back. We are thankful for Oliver Camacho being part of our team. <laughs> and we're thankful for what Giovanna has to say next. You're not going to say you're thankful for me. I am thankful for okay, you. Okay, yeah. I, um, this is, this is, you know, I'm in rare form tonight, so I have to get in the zone to say this. But I, I've been thinking a lot um, in light of the the recent terrorist attacks that hit such a beacon of culture that is so very, very close to my heart. And I have been reflecting on what I'm grateful for. And first and foremost, I'm grateful to be allowed to think for myself and to have my own opinions, founded or unfounded, and to be able to express them. I'm grateful to live in a city where music is thriving and where so many forms of art flourish. I'm grateful to be able to make music for the sake of beauty, for social commentary, for entertainment, or just because I darn well feel like it. I'm grateful to live here, in a place that has so many opera companies, large and small, a city with incredible musicians, I'm surrounded by them in this room, incredible directors, I'm surrounded by one in this room, and incredible ideas. Though we all judge each other, and don't pretend like that's not the case, because we all do it, I find myself guilty of saying that, you know, someone did not take enough risks, or someone did not go to the very depths of a character, But I'm still so very grateful that we can take those risks in the first place. We have every right to have nudity on stage, religious commentary, sex scenes. We have every right to express ourselves in whatever artistic medium we choose. Yeah, we sometimes, or often, go way out and things get weird, but at least we get to go there. We get to take that step, even if it's subjectively considered too far. 
So I'm grateful for the peace, the unity, and the emotion that music brings. I'm grateful to every single composer for creating, every single musician for sharing, and every single educator for, prolifer for proliferating the arts. I'm grateful for the effect music has had on me, for the lessons I've learned as a performer and an audience member. I'm grateful that we still have these operas written by incredible artists, that we have kept them alive regardless of whether they were written 200, 250, or two years ago. So let's all put aside our beliefs, let's all put aside our opinions and our judgments, and let's just take a moment to appreciate the peace, solace, and comfort that music brings. And let's, let's do this together. I mean, it's a, there's no more room for hate in this world. Let's just, let's just love each other and love the music that we get to share. Javada, beautifully put, and I'm not going to be a jerk and undercut that by saying something catty or rude, but in fact, compliment you on the, the eloquence of that. I mean, I think, uh, you, I mean, you start with Paris um, and everything that went down there uh, some days ago, and you just, you work backwards um, for every incident of that scale, of that level, that, that kind of hate. And I don't know, for me, it really makes me question like what I do and, and if it has any value, honestly. And I, again, I'm not trying to pick a fight with you, but I'm saying like, how, how important is it really? Well, I think it, I think actually, George, it's of tremendous importance. And you, you mentioned Paris as a community. Well, I think you talk about music too, as a community. Mm -hmm. um, and I think one of the huge misconceptions about classical music or opera in general um, is that it's a hard community to be a part of. It's not an all-inclusive community. It's uh, hoity-toity, you know, only the rich. Well, I think it's the opposite in that it's such a welcoming community that all we want as performers, as artists, is, is for, we're thinking, like you're talking about your freedom. We want people to come in and join our community. Come be a part of it. Come mm -hmm. share with us. Come share this moment. Come share this beautiful art form. And I think, so yeah, it is, it's incredibly important what when we, we do. Can, when we and, can put aside our judgments and our egos and our ideas and our really fixed opinions, we can all just find the beauty in what Bach wrote, the beauty in what Beethoven and Mozart mm -hmm. wrote. We can find the beauty in, you know, the most the most crazy operas that were written yesterday mm -hmm. or the most beautiful operas that were written in the Romantic era. And when have you ever met someone... I've never met someone who could say, I don't like music at all, period. End of discussion. Never. And, and so you talk about a universal language and a uniting force. And you know what? I hate to say this. What happened after September 11th? Huge benefit concerts. Mm -hmm. what ha what's happening in Paris? There's going to be the U2, Amazing everything, like concerts. huge benefits concerts. And Not you want to talk mention. about unity and solidarity and what can happen. Well, it's interesting that in the midst of these horrific events that don't i mean maybe they'll never stop obviously yeah you know how do you how can you predict that but in the midst of them happening what happens and how do people rally how do people choose to come together and it's always somehow there seems to be music involved so make yeah. more music well, to oppress this make more music to make more peace i mean the people that got shot at the Bataclan were there to see a concert we could very well get shot at lyric opera it's terrifying but at least we're going to keep we're going to keep listening to our music. We're going to keep creating. Mm -hmm. uh, here's my story about the the power of music around tragedy. Is that so? I lived in Germany in 2011 and 2012, and somehow I was in Berlin on the 10th anniversary of 9/11. And not quite sure how this happened. I got invited to a memorial service at the um, the American 
ambassador's office in Berlin. And uh, there was an orchestra there playing. Uh, and one of the pieces they did was the Barber Adagio for Strings. Mm-hmm. Oh, one of the and most beautiful pieces. what was interesting was this, was that in addition to playing that piece of music, someone had set up like a large projection screen. And during the piece were projected photographs that had been taken on that day. You know, planes crashing into the Twin Towers, people jumping out of windows, firemen crying. And it was so tasteless. And this is why, is because the music alone told that story. The music alone took us back to that day. The music alone helped us feel and lament. And we didn't even need to see those images because, first of all, all those images were inside us anyway. We'd seen them over and over again. And second of all, the music automatically captured the emotional quality Mm -hmm. of those pictures and our response to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is tasteless. Absolutely. I want to add something really quickly here. Um, You know, whenever there is such a thing as, like, the 9-11 tragedy or, like, the... uh, this shooting in Paris, whatnot. It always seems that the when we gather uh, to memorialize these things, classical music music is somehow always involved. They Absolutely. always, you know, hire some opera singer to sing "God Bless America," or there's always some like string quartet playing, you know, Barber. Why is it that you know we as a society, you know, go to those things? Uh, we go to this like higher art form when it comes to times of grief or, you know, solace or memorializing something, you know, like we automatically think that's the go-to thing. Nobody ever says like, hey, let's have a musical theater piece here right now. I think, you know, that's an interesting point. It's, Hmm. yeah, it's music that has already been around. It's, it's stood the test of time. And Um, it can be applied to different kind of emotions. You know, there, I'm not going to say there aren't emotions in rock music, but in classical music for the lack of lyrics, if nothing else, it's filled with so much human, raw emotion. Mm-hmm. You know, back to a time before we had social media and before we had a bunch of computer screens to, you know, keep us from having actual real connections. Music was composed at a time when real connections were everything that we had. Hmm. We're about to take a left turn out of this segment, but I just want to add something really quickly just to, like, wrap it up. Go for it, Oliver. Um, there w- was this thing today on the internet, especially on Facebook. I know George never heard of that before, but everybody is sharing <laughs> um, Adele's live feed for her performance at Saturday Night Live uh, from her microphone, like, unadulterated, mm-hmm. un auto tuned and everybody's, like, so impressed about how she sounds like when you don't, you know, auto-tune somebody, mm-hmm. like the quality of her voice. And I watched that show and it was, it was pretty good. But go see an opera, people. Like that's what yeah. opera is, is people I know, it's unedited, sad. you know. It's like, why are you know. why are you amazed by that? It's nothing. <laughs> I did. Uh, when I was in Florida, I just did some outreach um, for some young students. And they're like, where do you guys wear your microphones? Like, oh, oh I goodness. don't know. Mm. That's why we do this. Well, that's, that's why f- loud noises why they were there was to to figure that out Mm -hmm. right exactly so anyhow Giovanna appreciate it thank you so much really really beautifully but we're going to step aside for one second and we're going to be right back here on 89.3 FM Opera Box Score TKO on the OBS TKO Technical Knockout. It's the segment where we contrast two opera singers. We put them in a steel cage death match, a fight to the bitter end. 
And um, actually, it's it's usually uh, uh, Giovanna who hosts this one. She's the proverbial girl in the bikini with the cards telling us the what oh, round Oh, I'm wearing we're a in. bikini, George. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, but actually, Tobias, we're going to have you set this up, and uh, Giovanna and I are going to take it down. All right. I am uh, prepared for this. I hope you are as well. All right. Today, not wearing a bikini, but in one of the corners of the cage is the great Italian tenor Franco Corelli. Uh, Miss Corelli debuted at the Met in an opera called Trovatore, opposite a young lady named Leontine Price, who also on the same night made her debut. For those opera lovers out there listening, think about that. The odds of two amazing artists who are generational artists making their debut in the same show, on the same night, in the same theater. Awesome. Amazing. All right, so we have Franco Corelli, the Italian tenor, and he will be facing off against the Italian baritone Ettore Bastianini. Um, Bastianini had a a lengthy career. Unfortunately, it was ended. He had throat cancer. Uh, He sang many times here at the Lyric Opera of Chicago. Um, In fact, one of his last performances was in 1965, singing Aida here at the Lyric. All right, so. Is he still alive? No. He died in 1967. Corelli died in 2003. Okay. Um, Interesting. And part of the reason that I chose these two, they both had tremendous careers singing at the most important opera houses. Um, but why I picked them both? Movie star good looks. Stupidly handsome. Mm-hmm. It's, it's true. <laughs> I, uh, this, this headshot, it's a signed headshot that they have on, on Wikipedia of um, Ettore Bastianini is like, wow, matinee idol. Guy. I'm taking Bastianini. All right. Well, well, well that was quick. What's, what's, the, what's the argument? <laughs> My argument Look, look. look at him. <laughs> For those of you who can't see, he's devilishly handsome. He's tall. He's got dark looks. He's got the squinty eyes. He could probably pull off a man bun in today's day. And oh I believe my. that, you know, he was a baritone, so all he has to do is walk into that rink, make the baritone call, and, you know, the rest is, the rest is toast. George? It's a good argument. First of all, Corelli, I mean, he lived to the ripe old age of 80, which is, I, I just, I think that's extremely impressive. Um, and, you know, he was teaching actively until his, and almost until his last days. Don't, Interesting. don't, inter- yeah. you're the referee. You're, oh, you're supposed right. to be Sorry. super, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. He made his last opera appearance as Rodolfo in um, Torre del Lago, which is where the big Puccini festival is. So he was singing from La Boheme. And this was at the age of 55. Okay. I mean, how does, how does that stack up as a singer to, I mean, is, do you agree that that's actually pretty old to be singing, or is that not really? Am I making too Probably much Probably in that? his time it was. Today I, it's a little more commonplace. Yeah. So my point is, like, I feel like this age and this stamina is something that, you know, if this was a fight that would go 10 rounds, I mean, ultimately he would be able to 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 go the distance where, um, you know, Bastianini, like, he misses a couple punches and he wears himself out and, and it's all... And he's got the cancer, so, you know... He's, no, no, he's no, got no, this pre, no, 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 this exactly. is pre-sickness. He's in perfect health. I just want to say that Bastianini, though, he would walk in and everybody everybody including Carly, would just like whoa and fall in love and then he's not gonna want to punch someone who's that good looking <laughs> i mean no one wants to punch me well am i right uh, <laughs> i'm not gonna comment on <laughs> and i'm not trying to, i hope not i'm not trying to help giovanna out here but uh it turns out bastianini was also in the italian air force Ooh, now, we all know how that ended, but, I mean, he was... Um, <laughs> Picked the wrong side. It's fellas. true. He, d- he did pick the wrong side. But, uh, I mean, he maybe he has that kind of military military background. He can probably fly a plane. 
And I have to add, because Toby didn't, Tobias did not, uh, is that Franco Corelli was famous for his stage fright. He now, now, had to like push oh, him out on no, stage. I wasn't gonna mention. Me. I wasn't gonna mention that. Sorry, George. Looks well, like I that, won. That isn't. That isn't. Good. No, and I will say this though. Corelli, if you listen to his recordings, they're just amazing. But one of the reasons, so 55, he, he was at the peak. But one of the things he said is he started to, the wear and tear of the mental aspect of singing, not the physical aspect, um, is why he really stopped performing. He could have kept going. And I mean, he lived up to be, what you say, 82? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Sounds like Crowley would have had a case of the pudding pants if he saw a Tori Bustini across the court from him. I've had the well, case of the pudding pants l- in Bustini. Oh, my goodness. He's, he's like... Um, uh, no, Corelli, he's like Neil Shukoff, right? He's the famous tenor. Neil Shukoff, like, he had such stage fright. I mean, the stories about him was that he would literally hide in his dressing room and, and an assistant director would have to grab him and, and physically haul him to the stage and throw him on the stage. Once he was on the stage, he was absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, getting him there, I mean, like, this is crippling stage fright we're talking you know, about. Interestingly enough, too, about Bastianini, one of, so neither one of these guys are perfect singers. Let's be clear about that. But they were, you know, monsters at the time. Um, but one of the things about Bastianini is he several times in his career, and some of it was due to throat cancer, some of it was due to um, uh, transitioning into different vocal technique. But there were several times where he had to take extended periods of time off to go address his vocal issues because he got scathing reviews. Like people mm. couldn't believe it was the same singer that they'd heard a year before. But in the TKO, we're not talking about their vocal prowess. We're simply talking about their physical Right. Well, yeah. Right now we are exactly. So, right. what, what's the decision, yeah, Tobias? The you decision? get you get to raise somebody's hand. George wins. What? He picked the tenor. And, and <laughs> okay, it, so you never had a choice. Also, so you not, used no, you no, no. And part of the thing, you used baritone claw as a reason as to why you would win, and that immediately was when I made my decision. Uh, ex- you explain, said baritone claw, and I was like, explain to us what the baritone boom. claw is. That sounds like a death move. It's like you know, it's no, the it's, sign it's of like, actually, it's the most. It's the biggest it's the biggest sign of weakness that you can have as a performer. I know not what to say with this text, with this music. It doesn't say enough, so I'm gonna raise my hand awkwardly and make For a those claw. of you who are wondering what they're talking about, it's a generic gesture that a lot of singers fall into when they don't know what to do with their bodies. Imagine you're they, holding a basketball think but then that remove they don't the need basketball. To their gestures that they just like, oh I'm a natural actor, I'll get up and I'll sing and like my body will know what to do. No, it actually doesn't. And yep. then you end up with this really awkward looking hand like you're presenting like a softball to somebody. Like here, <laughs> yeah. take it. If yeah. any of our listeners have ever seen the movie Billy Madison where Adam Sandler goes back to school, he raises his hand when he's in like the second grade with the baritone claw and it looks terribly uncomfortable and everyone around him is like, what are you doing? And that's exactly how I feel about people. You know what? Fair enough. I actually had no idea about this whole baritone claw thing. So fine, George. It's all yours. <laughs> all right. Well, Woo! I'm grateful for Scoring it. for the tenors. I, I'm, I'm totally grateful for it. I'm, I'm going to take the win. Giovanna, I still love you. <laughs> well, when's my dinner happening? Whoa! But Bastianini clearly has won because he has won Giovanna's heart. That's true. Aww. Aww. That was very beautiful. <laughs> dead. We're going to step aside for one second here on Opera Box Score. Do not touch that dial. 89.3 FM. Uh, my Chalk Talk is coming up next. Uh, it's it's going to get a little vicious. I, I feel like we're going to get some arguments uh, going in this segment, so you definitely don't want to leave. You're listening to Opera Box Score. (laughs) 
Confessions of a potentially perfect parent brought to you the best by job candidate isn't always the typical I candidate. Don't know Sometimes they're a like grad a of life. Don't Meet make the me grads come back of life. There. Young adults of unique determination and experience. Don't make me come back there. Now that's pretty good. That one kind of sounded like my dad. Weird. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. There are thousands of teens in foster care who would love to put up with you. Call 1-888-200-4005 or visit adoptuskids.org for more information. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt Us Kids and the Ad Council. Every 20 seconds, another kid drops out of school. If we do nothing, 3.5 million kids won't receive a diploma over the next four years. United Way knows that kids who have a caring adult in their life are more likely to make it. And the difference between a dropout and a graduate could be you. Take the pledge to volunteer now at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. This is the sound of a flat screen television hurled off a building. Now the new bike your kid wants. These are the things you could have all cast into oblivion. Because when you throw away money on wasted electricity, you throw away everything you could have bought with it. Use Energy Star light bulbs and appliances, and you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Chalk Talk on Opera Box Score with George, Tobias, and Giovanna. We are back on Opera Box Score. Happy Monday, everybody. We're on WNUR 89.3 FM, Evanston, Chicago. We're streaming live, wnur.org slash pop-up. And you can always give us a call, 847-866-WNUR. That's 847-866-9687. If that's not your thing and you want to leave us a message, 224-8014-BOX. That's 221-8, excuse me, 224 Eight zero one four two six nine. When and are you going to start giving my phone number, George? I've never, <laughs> probably. I, you, you know, at that point, when you have your cell phone, and, like you actually don't know anyone's number anymore. It's mm. just like in there, and you just you call them, and it's right. it's what happens. Well. Uh, Thanksgiving right around the corner. It's certainly my favorite meal of the year. Mm-hmm. And um, what's your favorite side dish? Side. Oh, it definitely would be the stuffing. Yeah, I'm okay. with George. Yeah. Stuffing all the way. It really is. Mm-hmm. It really <laughs> is. Uh, Oliver, I'm surprised you didn't make a stuffing joke. We've we've unplugged FCC his... regulations. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Here's what I'm thankful for, and I I hope this doesn't get too too mean too fast. I, I'm truly thankful for the city of Chicago. I have I've lived a lot of places. I've I've lived in England when I was a kid. Um, I've lived in Michigan, I've lived in California, I've lived in Germany, I've lived in Pittsburgh, I've lived in Chicago. This is in no particular order. I've moved around a lot. And I moved back to Chicago in 2014 and was just so grateful to be back here. Now, how does that relate to opera? Uh, The reason it relates is that this is a town where basically anything can be made possible, and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to do it. That you can make that little storefront opera company, and it can be successful 
you can have a medium-sized opera company and it can be successful. We have a huge opera company in this town, Lyric Opera of Chicago, and it's successful as well. And I'm hard-pressed to think of another city in America where you can really do that, where you can really just gather the people and gather the resources and really focus on making the art. I'm not saying that you're going to get paid for it, but I am saying that you're going to be able to do it, and that's really the beginning of that. Los Angeles, it's not going to happen. Beautiful people, 95% of them are idiots. New York City, you know, love visiting New York City. I have lived there a couple times briefly, have have worked there as uh, an assistant, um, but phenomenally expensive. And just getting the, the cash together to do any sort of independent work is very, very difficult. I've lived in Pittsburgh not a pleasant place to live. That was a very nasty, gritty place to live, which was not a good match for me. Uh, There's lots of other cities out there where I just don't think they have that perfect balance of the finances and the quality of the art and the audience out there to make it all happen. So am I out on a limb here, guys? Am I, am I well, missing there goes a city? Our syndication I think, deals with all those cities. <laughs> I think there are idiots everywhere. Just... LA. Hello, nice giving to you, see you guys giving again. You some, <laughs> giving you some love. Um, what about San Francisco, George? What do you think about San Francisco? Too expensive? I think it's too expensive. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. I, I, I mean, I think that's a that's a close second. But look, you know, I lived in San Francisco for the summer in 2013, and man, I was so excited to be there. I was there to do the Marilla Opera program. It was a fantastic program. I got a lot out of it. Here's the thing: by the end of that summer, paying you know 14 bucks for a hamburger and six bucks for a beer, it's like old. yeah. Yeah, it was a good So, are you best. saying, George, that you believe that Chicago is the only city in the United States of America that can support small companies that can have that has the communities that are thirsty for this art form? That's not that what he said s- at all. I'm. That's why. Can I ask George a question, Javon? Before <laughs> no. you yell, why are you screaming? You're screaming at me. <laughs> Sorry. That, but I mean, actually, I think that's really well put. Honestly, I feel like Chicago is the perfect storm of the audience, the intelligent audience that's out there that wants to see the work. It's got the people who want to make the work happen and have a certain amount of um, training and quality to them. And it has this this perfect level of finance mm-hmm. where, I mean, you literally can do a show for five hundred dollars. You you can also do the same show for five thousand, or you can do it for fifteen thousand. Uh, but anything is possible here. And rather than sit around and watch other people make art, rather than sit around and starve while you're not making it here in this city, you really can make it happen. Mm-hmm. There's no excuse. I do agree with that. I mean, I understand in New York how, you know, I've, I've heard so many people who move to New York and then they just end up coming back because they run out of money. And I'm not saying anything bad about New York. It's just the way that it is. But it is really amazing the the amount of opportunity there are opportunities there are here i mean if there isn't one that you can be asked to do you can most likely create one and make it happen i think one of the cool things i've been in chicago i moved here um in the fall of 2012 and you know of course i've been to the lyric and i've been to some of the other medium-sized companies here that seem to do pretty well but i think one of the coolest things is that a lot of these small companies that are making this art they're not just doing it to have a performance opportunity they really are doing it to to do good productions and I've seen so many small companies that it's not a joke. It's very good. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And it's not, it's a lot of, it's, it's a hard thing to do. And it takes a lot of dedication, but, you know, 
it's cool to have a place that really takes it seriously and, and puts forth the right foot, I think. And if not opera, then all sorts of different kind of art, uh, you know, art song lounges and Schubertiades. And I mean, gosh, Oliver can speak to that, too, of just having this opportunity to always create music, whether it's Puccini or whether it's Schubert. I mean, tell us about the, you know, um, Liederstube, Schubertiad. Like, would that have flown in another town, honestly? Who are you asking? I'm, Oliver. I'm just oh. going to just jump in and say... There are plenty of things happening in New York, in the New York area. Mm-hmm. It's not just what's happening in Manhattan. You know, you, you look at whatever, all these companies are, I forget the name of the company we just covered on our show, uh, that does, um, that just staged les, uh, this Les Nuits d'été, the, the, um, and they, the Mahler song cycle. I forget oh, what cool. they're called. But they just, and they got a great, you know, write-up in the New York Times. Anyway, there are things like that that are going on. There's also Brooklyn Academy of Music and, you know, all the uh, early music stuff happening in New York with Trinity, Wall Street, so uh, I'm not saying that Chicago it has you know more opportunities or more diversity of opportunity, uh, but I think what makes it different here is that you can be an artist and have a higher quality of life, you know, and you can yeah. probably you know have your day job or your uh, job working audience services at Lyric Opera, for example, and uh, and do your you know your micro opera company with your friends at night, and you can go home and and have an apartment that's like 800 square feet. And still afford to buy your frozen meals at Trader Joe's, you know, mm. and it's pretty, <laughs> and your chocolate covered coconut almonds. Oh, those are so good, Oliver. <laughs> I wish you had brought them again. Yeah. 847 866 WNUR if you want to join the conversation. Now, I would be wrong if I didn't say that there is a downside to the, the ease with which one can produce here in Chicago. And of course, that there ends up being a range of quality. There ends up being a range of talent. You see that in the Chicago storefront theater scene. Uh, The storefront opera scene has developed to this point where there's maybe half a dozen companies. We talked about them two weeks ago. Chicago storefront theater, I guess in New York you would call it off-off-Broadway, that 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 uh, seen here is like 200 or so companies and obviously there's a wide range of talent and ability and some of it is is dreadful so this this is perhaps a downside to the ease with which one can produce in this town i just think that that the ability to to make something which is good and to ha- just have the potential to do that outweighs the the range of quality that we tend to find here what we lack in chicago is good arts coverage i mean you can have a small project like, I forget the name of this company, the Brooklyn thing that did the Les Nuits d'Ete, whatever they're called. You know, uh, Daniel Wakem will write about it, or Zachary Wolf will write about it, because he's right there, and he can see it, and he could report about it, and then it'll get in the New Yorker, and then suddenly your company that you did in a shoestring budget uh, gets national recognition because it's in New York. We don't have uh, journalism, arts journalism here in Chicago that hits the international or even the national market. It's true. The other thing I would argue that we don't have here, and um, man, I'm being so picky now, but I don't really believe that Chicago has like a huge international arts community. You know, the, w- the way that New York, I mean, has big international artists coming through the Brooklyn Academy of Music, Lincoln Center, etc. cetera. Uh, the, the MCA, the Museum of Contemporary Art here in Chicago, has done a lot of work to try and get those international artists in. But honestly, even a place like Washington, D.C., just by its very political nature, has more international artists working there than a place like Chicago. Shakespeare Theater does bring in some good things but in, that's the, one, in their summer festival. That's one company. And I also host people in my Airbnb space who are international. So Does that count? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about Is them that on really the show, part of the and arts then community? I'm covering them, you know? <laughs> 
No, I think I think Oliver, you said a few things that I, you know, kind of opened my eyes a little bit. The quality of life that you can have as an artist. And I talked, you know, just getting back from doing some performance stuff in, in from that the, sweet gig in Florida. From yeah, tell us about Florida some more, Toby. Rub it in. I don't know you? that contractually I can speak about it, except for it is so warm there. Okay, anyhow. <laughs> anyway, I was on a beach last week. Okay, that's great. But, you know, talking to young singers uh, like myself and who are in New York, and it's crazy the lengths that they have to go do just to pay their rent. You know, and it's expensive in Chicago, and it can be a really expensive uh, place, but it is a Midwest place, and you can live cheaply. You can survive as an artist here and not... <laughs> not be living like, you know, Rodolfo and And if you me. drop your slice of pizza, some rat carries it away. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really Do you ever notice either. how people in New York are always eating and walking at the same time? I look I terrible when I'm eating and walking, so I always I bow to myself. I mean, I get grossed out when I walk, so I just eat. You like to what when you walk? <laughs> I look terrible when I walk, so I just eat. It's it's that limp that you have. Uh, it's it's the weirdest thing. Go, next time you're in New York, seriously look, and you will see people. They're just constantly walking down the street and they're eating at the same time. It's 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 grotesque. <laughs> you know, I can't wait to. You've messed up every future trip to New York for me. <laughs> What are you people doing? <laughs> so, I mean, I wonder if there's if there's anything else that I'm missing that that I should be grateful for in Chicago. Uh, I was raised in the Midwest, so like I know I was you know hating the winter at the top of the show, but uh, you know I like pond hockey and snowball fights and building snowmen and ice sledding, skating. beautiful and fall seasons. Oh, we had a great fall. Let's just all be grateful for our fall season. We were so lucky. We were. Very Let me lucky. tell you something. Once you got Thanks, kids, Mother Nature. You spend a lot of time doing puzzles in the winter yeah. just to kind of make you get some, it. Did you get some new? I'm going to bring you a new puzzle. No, you're not. I am too. Is it going to be <laughs> opera related? Doesn't. Sure. She, he'll get a wolf can, puzzle, an hard wolf puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> if I can find an opera related puzzle, first I'm buying it for myself okay. and I'm buying well, one for everyone in the studio. That's great. Okay, good. So now the kids know what they're getting for Hanukkah. I like it. Uh, 200 pieces would be would be about as much as they can handle, probably. Okay. Great. Uh, Noted. All right. Well, last call for anything that we particularly are thankful for in Chicago. I'm thankful for you, George. <laughs> I appreciate that. You're welcome. I plead the I'm thankful to have worked with you in very different mediums. I'm, I'm actually dead serious. Yeah. You can't see my face. Well, you know what? But Actually, let's talk about something. <laughs> no, We're not let's gonna, not. No. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. Josh. No. Something that I'm thankful for is why did this, how did we all come together to collaborate on this? Is we, we were working one of the small arts companies in Chicago True. that is a successful startup that people were sitting around and said, you know what? We're like-minded. We have some goals. Let's try it. Mm -hmm. And that, that company is, is thriving. And I think that's fantastic. And that's how we met. And I think, you know, the fact that we're here and we're trying to put this out to more people, say, join us in this community. I think that just speaks, you know. And I think that's the whole reason, like, how the show came about. And I haven't gotten onto my philosophical beard-stroking high horse yet. With By us. the way, your beard yeah, looks it's great. We have to take a moment. I was going to say, George's beard right now, I know you guys can't see it, but man. George has a face for radio, but he's got a beard it's for true. the movies. And I'm going to chisel this this beard down to, like, it's totally You missed last week at a sweet Jufro. It was so <laughs> awesome. And he's like a ginger, too. He's like, ginger Jufro. Bonus. No, I mean, that's where the show came about. You can read about it on our website, which is operaboxscore.wix.com slash home. You can read about the philosophy of the show, but it was essentially about trying to 
broaden the conversation, trying to get people to listen to opera, trying to get people to go to the opera and really be joining the conversation live on the radio. Quick topic in, in 30 seconds. What made you decide... Wix over op, over Squarespace. Uh, you know, our executive producer Eric Rita uh, suggested Wix, and um, that's that was the way. For those I of you singers out there trying to build your website, check it out. Squarespace, you can build your own website for free, basically, and that's Wix great. too. But then it'll say Wix on the bottom. So <clears throat> unless you pay. I think if you pay, pay get, it can, pay to get the it can go away. We, too, are going to go away in just a couple minutes. We have one more second to wrap up our show. It's called Good Call, Bad Call. You definitely don't want to miss it, so please stick around. Good Call, Bad Call on Opera Box Score. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. This time around, Opera Box Score. Good Call, Bad Call. Those are quick hits. We wrap it up. Something good that's happened in opera in the last couple of weeks or something that's bad. And Tobias, you let us know what it is for you. My good call in opera is that I'm home and I'm back with my friends. And I'm really thankful for that. And I'm so happy to be back in the studio with you guys. Um, and that's my good call. It's good to be home. It's good to be with you guys and uh, to be made fun of on a radio with a microphone and talking about something that I think we all love. He came back just so he could take me on a date. Right, Toby? We can't talk about dating oh, on the air. Oh, okay. But sorry. yes. Yeah, sorry. Giovanna. My good call is feasts and operas. And so I looked up operas that served feasts, and I would like to name the top five that I found, <laughs> which are, <laughs> I love food, um, Adams, Nixon, and China. Verdi's Un Giorno di Regno, cool. Donizetti's The Desire d'Amore, Puccini's Ooh. La Boheme, and Humperdinck's Hansel and Gretel. They had the best food. Interesting. You know, there's a really good feast scene in uh, Cenerentola. It's one of my favorite scenes oh, in all that? of opera. Hmm. Uh, I it's, it. you know, the, the ball that Prince Charming is, or Prince Romero is having, you know, and the sisters are, you know, vying for his attention. It's not even him because it's actually Dandini. Dandini in disguise. But then... You know, Angelina enters and, you know, she's wearing a veil and she says, spread so quay dawn. And she goes to this thing about like, I don't care about all this stuff. You know, I just want, you know, I just want goodness. And I want, I want, you know, to enjoy, you know, I want to enjoy the good things. Left. I want, she I wants mashed virtue. potatoes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but much. it's such a, and it's so mean because that scene stuffing. is filled with so much alcohol and then eventually food and so much chaos. And that moment where she enters is just so regal. And she mm-hmm. really becomes her character in that scene. and it's, That's what they it, say about me when so I walk touching. into the Thanksgiving feast. Sorry to bring it down. I had a bad call this week. I, it was extremely prepared. And actually, you know what? I'm going to save that bad call for the next show. So you're <gasps> not going to want to miss that. Instead, I've got a different bad call, which is obviously the Chicago Bears. We, not, we knew they were not going to be very good this season. But they have totally, I think, underperformed. And we're going to see how they're going to be able to do on Thanksgiving night. Hey, did you see that the Royals won the World Bay. Series? That was a long time was ago. Was it? You can't take it away. That's it for tonight's show. On the beach. (laughs) Our creative consultant is Oliver Camacho. Our in-show announcer is Norm Waddell. You can visit Norm on the web at voxershorts.com. That's V-O-X-E-R-S-H-O-R-T-S dot com. And the executive producer for Opera Box Score is Eric Rita. 
Right now, you're rocking out to the song Vodka Inferno by the Diablo Swing Orchestra. Let us know what you think of the show. OperaBoxScore at gmail.com, at OperaBoxScore on Twitter, OperaBoxScore on Facebook. And the whole team is back Monday, December 7 at 8 p.m. 9 Eastern here on WNUR. Do not miss it. For Tobias Wright and Giovanna Jacques, I'm George Cedarquist asking you to talk about opera at least once over Thanksgiving. You're listening Happy to WNUR, FM, Evanston, Chicago, Chicago's Sound Experiment. Bye.